This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. The next time you say or hear someone else say, God would never ask me to do that. Or, I'm not doing that. To something you either think or you know you heard God say, I suggest you read Genesis chapter 22. If you read that, you'll see a story we've all heard before of when God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now, I just have to say, nothing about the God that I think I know and choose to believe and serve would ever ask a man to actually sacrifice, put to death his own son. Sounds like some absolutely crazy mess, but that is exactly what God asked Abraham to do. In Genesis 22, verse 2, God said, Take your only son, Isaac, the one you love, to the place where I lead you and sacrifice him there. It's interesting that he called Isaac his only son because in natural reality, he was not his only son. But I'll talk about that later. The Bible says that he got up the next morning, he cut some wood, packed a donkey and took two of his servants and Isaac, his son, and he left. It doesn't say what he was thinking about that night before, but just that he heard what seemed like, to me, an incredibly cruel and harsh request from the Lord. And he immediately set out in obedience. As they got close to the place where they were going and Abraham recognized it, Isaac noticed that they didn't have anything to sacrifice. And his father said, don't worry about it, son. The Lord will provide. Of course, you know the rest of the story. And by the way, if you don't, can you please read it? Genesis chapter 22. Even if you think you know it, won't hurt to read it again. Anyway, they go up the mountain and Abraham builds an altar, arranges the wood on it, and ties up his son and lays him on top. Just as he stretched out his hand, took the knife in it to kill the boy. The angel of the Lord called out to him and said, Hey, just stop. You've proven that you fear the Lord because you were not willing to withhold even your own son from him. Now, Paul said in Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19, that when Abraham took Isaac up that mountain and prepared to sacrifice him, he knew that God was able to raise him from the dead. And all that's true. God definitely was able to raise him from the dead. But can you even imagine such a thing? This is another one of those cases where I have to ask myself, would I ever be that faithful to God? Anyway, here's the thing. Everything that we have, God has given us, right? David the king said in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, all things come from you. And from your hand, we've given 
unto you. So everything that we give him is something we got from him. That's what that verse means. Not just our material things, but our strengths, our gifts, our abilities to come up with plans and strategies and ideas. God has given us all of that. And as such, he expects us to be willing to lay it all down at his feet. Now, often when I have heard people preach this or teach about this story, they'll talk about laying down material things. Sometimes they'll talk about walking away from people or relationships. All of that may or may not be what God is asking you to do. For me, when I asked the Lord, you know, what are you asking me to lay down? He said, your ideas and thoughts about how things should be, what they should look like, and how they will come about and unfold. Now, here's the thing. I'm a very logic-driven strategist. That's just how my mind works. I don't just think and see in pictures and colors, but also in puzzles and equations. And I often find myself comforting myself with my own ideas of how things should unfold and take place. There's just something very comforting to me about having a plan. And I think my plans and ideas are usually pretty good. They usually make very perfect sense to me. But when they don't happen the way that I think that they should or they might, sometimes it challenges me and it makes me uncomfortable. Because in those moments, what I realize clearly is that I am really not in control. Now, I never go through all of that thought process in the present moment. But I almost always have a plan, even though God has never once asked me for one. And I've recently been on this quest to really learn what it means to live being led by the Spirit of God. I mean, I try in earnest to be obedient when God asks something of me, but I'm just so aware that there is another state of living where God is fully in control, not just in church or in ministry, but in every aspect of life. And that's my goal, to learn to live that way. So for God to ask me, are you willing to lay down your plans for me? I felt like in so many ways I already have, but I realized there's even more. Remember I mentioned earlier that Isaac was really not, in fact, Abraham's only son. The story of Abraham and Isaac goes back a long way before they went up on that mountain together. In Genesis 15, Abraham was old and childless, and he had a vision wherein he asked the Lord, or he said to the Lord, since you haven't given me any children, then my heir is going to be this servant of mine who's been born here in this house. And in the vision, God said, no, He's not going to be your heir, but instead, one who was born from your very own body. Not only that, he said, go outside, look up in the sky, and count the stars if you're able. That is how many your descendants will actually be. Now, about 10 years later, Abraham and his wife Sarah still didn't have any children. So... Abraham and Sarah, really it was Sarah, comes up with this plan. And Sarah offers him 
her maid to take as a wife so that maybe they could have a child by surrogate. Sure enough, Hagar, the Egyptian maid, got pregnant, had a son, and his name was Ishmael. If you want to know the real reason why there will always be fighting in the Middle East, it is because all of those people there are descendants of Abraham by one of his sons. And all of them think that that land belongs to them. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, 14 years later, Isaac is born and the Lord clearly tells Abraham in Genesis 21, your descendants shall come through Isaac, your son, not Ishmael. So when God puts Abraham's faith to the test in Genesis 22, even though from a natural perspective, the firstborn son was always designated the heir, God did not honor Ishmael as the heir to the promise, though he did promise to make him a nation. Because Ishmael was born by the strategy Abraham devised to fulfill God's promise. And God didn't even honor it. As far as God was concerned, as it pertained to his promise, Ishmael didn't even exist. So here's the thing, family. If you want to work at something, work at laying down your plans, your pursuits and ideas of how things should be. Work at entering into and abiding in God's rest, knowing that he has not only designed your destiny in the course of your days, but he's also prepared the way for you to enter into it. And when he reveals to you the path and the steps for you to take, then walk ye in it. Now you might say, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And I will say, if you make the Lord the passionate pursuit of your life, you will. And know this, even when he tells you, it probably won't look anything like you think it will. But you will see and recognize the Lord's doing as it unfolds, and it will be marvelous in your eyes. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, he wasn't asking him to do anything that he was not willing to do himself. And that is exactly what he ultimately did. He sacrificed his own son, Jesus. There's nothing that God will ever ask of you that will cost you more than the price that he paid to redeem you. Think about that, family. Remember that. And be bold and courageous. And live for him every day boldly out loud.